Welcome to a self-published author's diary. I am Elodie Novodatsky. I write about first time, second chances, things that scare the crap out of me and things that make me laugh out loud. I'll be speaking with you and sharing my adventures in self-publishing, the behind the scenes of writing and the business side of it. And before we get started today, a small message from our sponsor, Anchor. Thanks for listening. It's episode 34 of A Self-Published Author's Diary. I'm recording this on September 30th. It's currently almost 11.15 in the morning. And today I'm going to talk about different things. I'm going to be talking about the French translation of The Left of a Bride and give you a little bit of a insight about how I'm doing things a little bit differently than I usually did for this particular translation. And also some things that have worked for me in terms of advertising in French-speaking countries. Then I'll talk to you a little bit about how I'm organizing my days for the past two days. So it's it's still new, but it's it's a bit different than what I did prior to publishing The Left of a Bride. I am basically trying to work on different books, but I'm also trying to make sure that once a day, I do th something towards improving my royalties. So you may be wondering, but Elodie, writing and publishing is already, yeah, and you're promoting, yeah, but there are other things that I can do to try to help my royalties. So I'll, I'll go a little bit into that. Otherwise, here in Maryland, it's definitely fall. And yes, I did get, did I tell you that last week? I did get pumpkin spice latte from, like, creamer from Target. The chemical engineer and I started watching on Hulu yesterday, Nine Perfect Strangers. And tonight, we're probably going to finish the second episode of Nine Perfect Strangers. It's great also for storytelling, To look, I haven't read the book, so I'm just looking at it from like the storytelling perspective from the TV show, which I know different medium have different ways of introducing uh, introducing characters and everything, but it it's very very interesting. So when it comes to the French edition of the Leftover Bride, it is called La Fiancée sur la Touche, and the way I am tackling this particular translation is that I had a machine translation do it first. And some of you might pause and say, what are you doing? Well, I didn't use Google Translate or I didn't use non-paid translation, like machine translation, AI translation. I use deepol.com and I am currently paying for like a monthly access to it. However... The one thing that I've done is that I am not only using the machine translation, right? I'm still hiring a translator to go through and edit the text. So the text itself is much better, much, much better than any other machine translation I've ever used. It's, and for my previous books, I've only used the translator and then I was 
rereading some of it myself because again I'm French so I can speak French I can read French I can write French but I could not translate it myself like translating is an art like translating is not only hey you speak two languages go ahead and translate it the written word is also the spoken word but the written word in this case like writers have a certain way of writing that needs to be translated into the language as well it's not only word per word and it's not only like i just just thinking about translating my own book stresses me out despite the fact that i am bilingual and yes I know sometimes if you're listening and you are my family who is listening or my husband, which he's also my family, but he's not French, you do know that sometimes I lose my words in French. Like I have the words coming in other languages and I cannot get the word in French. I have been living outside of France for almost half of my life. And I still, I mean, I still read in French. I still listen to some things in French. I talk to my family every day. So I talk to my family every day in French. But I cannot translate it myself. And again, you cannot have, like, it's not because somebody is bilingual that they can do a translation. I was watching, yes, I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to talk about 90 Day Fiancé, the show. Are you ready? So there was at some point there was, and I know it's scripted, but I'm pretty sure it's scripted to a certain extent, maybe. Anyhow, there was one moment where somebody was saying like, oh, well, she could just be doing some in, like uh, translation as if like, okay, she's bilingual, so she can just go ahead and do translation. No, you have to be like really, really good in both languages and you have to have the art of the translation down. Or if you're interpreting, that's the same. Like if you're doing in, like a simultaneous interpretation, like you also need to have the tools necessary to do that. This is just not, hey, just go and do it. Like this is how miscommunications happen. This is how mistranslations happen. This is an art. All right, I'm getting off my soapbox. But like there are studies how to become a translator and there are ways you can learn it. So, for example, right now, I am the book that The Leftover Bride in French, as I said, it's went through an AI translation. But of course, this is not the final product. I'm currently using a French um, editor who is more at the entry level. And so she lives in France, she is fluent in English, and she has done some translations, but she doesn't have like a formal education in translation. She did, however, work in several translation offices um, in different areas. So she does have formal translation experience in work, in an office, with other translators. So she she's learned it on the job, which is another possibility you can do, but you, can, you still have to learn it. And so since I am French and I can reread things, I also trust myself enough to, while not able to translate an entire text, I can look at it and see because... 
I'm a French native speaker and I'm bilingual in French and English. And I know because I wrote the English work, I know exactly what I was trying to say and how I wanted to say it. But I'm also still very well aware of, you know, the, the culture and the way of speaking and the way of writing sentences and everything in, in French. So I can reread the work and I can double check. So that's what I've done right now. So I've done, she's edited the first 12 chapters. I looked at the edited version and I made a few comments asking if certain things maybe could be said a bit differently, uh, mentioning something that I meant to say, like maybe this is not really the actual sense might be a bit different in French. So maybe we could find a total different way of saying it. And I think it's working. And then I'm going to have um, a translator who I worked before, who is a trained translator, who is wonderful, who I really enjoy working with. I've been working with her on several of my books. And she agreed to reread the whole translation afterwards, you know, as like a proofreading. The book itself, the translation, is going through different <laughs> steps. It's going through the editor, the French editor, editing the text. Basically, I'm still going to have her on the cover as translator because she's making, of course, the work so much better than what the AI has done. Even though it's a great AI, there are still a lot of things to correct, a lot, a lot of things. You cannot trust, at this stage, a machine translation to translate everything perfectly, the the rhythm, the sense, the voice, like this is just not, at this stage, this is not happening. And so I'm, and I love working with translators. I love seeing how they're able to put my words into the language that they're translating. So in this case, um, Sarah, her name is, she will have her name on the cover and it will be said translated by because again she only has the bones right now of the French translation. She needs to make it what it's going to be, what's going to make it successful and good. And because I love this book as wonderful as it is in English. And I need to take a look at it and make sure because again I can do that double check that everything is working, double check that the meanings are all there, double check also for certain things. Like, for example, like whole, I'm talking about Hallmark movies. Well, right now she has left it as Hallmark movies, but they are, from what I know, there's not really like, Hallmark is not really well known in France. So I'm changing it to just like rom-coms. And I asked her, I'm like, what do you think? Like, do you think Maybe we should change it to rom -com. So there is a discussion happening for the translation. I can have conversation with my translator in French and German. So like for the German translations, I can have the same thing. So yeah, so I'll see, I'll see how that works. And then um, depending on how that works, I might try to do the same for other languages. So we'll see if the process is faster because the process might be faster to edit a text than to translate it from scratch. And then since I am very involved into the French translation, it is easier in a way, I think, for the translator, because if they have any questions, I can answer. Like, I know what they're trying to say when they're saying something and they're not quite sure. I can see the difference between what I meant to say in English, what I could be saying in French in terms of the meeting and like the voice and everything, and whether it 
translates like in the left of a bride there there's quite a lot of play on words and for those for the translation in in french it's a bit different so i have to make sure that this is being translated as well when it comes to the ads for the leftover bride i am i ran i stopped running running it now because i'm i'm going to put the leftover bride the french translation for pre-order on google play as well and we do an entire ad adding google play because in france i have a lot of readers on apple kobo and google play way different than the american market because in my american market like right now i have the leftover bride in kindle unlimited and i think i should have done it from the get-go in kindle unlimited like i don't think i should have actually had the pre-order on apple kobo and google play because i only had like a very few cells and i know there are authors and um ns johnson was one of them i interviewed her in a previous podcast episode and she does great at being white like she has it takes a while you know to build your audience as white and everything and she does it great for me at this stage because i focus so much of my time on my translations as well and i've learned that for my books at this particular stage because i haven't published in such a long time <laughs> i want <laughs> faster somehow results a little bit like i know it's still going to take time but i do want more readers from the get-go and by being in kindle unlimited it seems to work like i pulled my newsletter subscribers i pulled my facebook group and most of the people responded to me that they were either getting their books from kindle or from Kindle Unlimited. But even if they get it from Kindle and not Kindle Unlimited, it's still Amazon, right? So for the people who get them maybe from Apple, if they're already in my newsletter, they can get it as an eOrc. So I'm not losing a lot of sales and I'm still having readers who are reading my book. So if I ever want to get wide, I could always reach out to them and like have them review on 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 apple and everything so it's it's something that i'm trying mm. with but in france i am not going to have my book on amazon kindle unlimited or however it's called again in french until a few months after so i will definitely like those first three months so there's 90 days of the book release i am going to keep my book right now that's the plan of course i need to be flexible whatever but i already have more than 10% of my pre-orders right now actually about 15% of my pre-order are on kobo and apple for the leftover bride in french the rest is on amazon and i need to put it on kindle on, on uh, google play and see how many readers i'm going to be able to get that way to you this works the leftover bride has already reached like the top 500 on amazon in French, of all Kindle, just being in the pre-order. I think it went up to like 400 something. I stopped my Facebook ads. I'm still getting a couple of pre-orders a day. Once it is on Google Play for pre-order, I will be then starting an ad again and um, see how that works. So I'm, I'm scaling it up or down depending on the days. I'm pausing it 
And then it's currently seven cent per click and the conversion rate is high. So what that means is that people actually go. So the conversion rate is high enough that I know that I'm currently making a profit with the advertisement in France. Now I just need to replicate that in, in the US. Yeah, I'm going to cross my fingers that the readers in, in France enjoying as much as here because I am getting amazing reviews about The Leftover Bride in the US. I got 11 reviews, including from a top 500 Amazon reviewer who said the story was enjoyable and kept my attention from beginning to end. Humor really makes a difference for me and the author sprinkled it liberally throughout. Well done. I got a wonderful message from one of my readers who I've known now for several years. And um, she sent me a message with a picture and it, it just made me, it just made me smile. It was, it was great. Like, it's just, those are moments that I also want, you know, to hold on to and like, I should write them and just like put them in a, like write them down and then put them in some sort of jar or something and then pick one out every day and, and smile because those those are just great, great, great moments as an author, as a writer. is They're just wonderful. And the other thing that I've been doing this week, and I've mentioned that at the beginning, is I'm plotting um, Sweets for Love. I'm currently using Save the Cat, so asking the questions I'm currently plotting the character arc. So asking the question of, you know, what is their big problems or flaws? How is the problem affecting your hero's life world? All of that. And Aisling has her flaws right now, are wants to keep everything under control, is worried about taking risks, does not believe in happily ever after, does not want to accept help, thinks she knows better, unreasonable need to be validated by her peers and that doesn't like that doesn't help her in realizing what she already has never puts herself first that's one of the things that she has she never puts herself first that's part of the things i've been doing this week and as i've mentioned i also have a calendar and it changes of course every day depending on what i have on my plate but part of the thing that i'm doing every day right now and again, I started that actually yesterday. So it's been two days, but it's working great so far. Is that I am at least writing a thousand words in, like I'm, I'm maybe going to do like a pen name. And that's another episode right there. But I am doing right now a thousand words. It's a novella. I want to do several novellas. And the dog is snoring. I don't know if you can hear him. But... I want to write about a thousand words per day on that novella. And then I want to plot for at least an hour every day, 45 minutes to an hour every day. Then I want to write a thousand words at least per day. And then, so for today, I also have on my calendar, I have recording the podcast, editing the podcast, walking the dog because <laughs> he needs to be walked. I did already, I did this morning. But some of the other things I have are you know, updating the Fiammi Fiammi not ending. So this is what I said when I wanted to do at least one thing a day that might help my royalties. I took yesterday, and on Tuesday, I took the Alessandra Torres class on six indie author secrets, took like Margie Lawson's classes. Like I am just trying to basically 
I'm always learning. I'm always, I don't think both writing and self-publishing, this is something that I'm always learning something. I'm, I'm developing my craft. I'm developing my marketing skills in terms of <laughs> the dog, in terms of book selling. I am developing my advertisement in terms of book selling. I'm, I'm trying out different things. Like I am learning. And one of the things that has been repeated by several is that you should have, you know, when you're working a series, you should have from the ending on one, of one book kind of propelling the reader to read the next one, which is the case in The Leftover Bride. Like I've done that in The Leftover Bride. The ending of The Leftover Bride is setting up Aisling's story. So of course, Ryan and Soka's story is finished, but I have the second story ready to go. For my Gavard CD series, um, Fear Me, Fear Me Not, they were written... Basically, I wanted to write Nadia's story right after, but I didn't. I wrote Tessa and her sister's story, Meli. And so the ending of Fear Me, Fear Me Not is not propelling the reader to read any story. Like, yeah, it says, like, oh, do you want to know what happens to Tessa or to Nadia? Well, you know, sign up for my newsletter and Tessa's um, story is already available. But this is not really propelling the reader. Like, they finish their story and they're kind of like, okay, it's a nice... I mean, it's a nice ending. It's, it's well, when I say nice ending, I don't want to talk about the ending, but it's it's a it's a it's a romance. So I, the two main characters have a happy ending. Um, everybody knows that because it's a romance. But let's say everything else is not like it's a suspense. So there, there are sad moments in that book. There's a serial serial killer. So I mean, but not the point. The point is that I need to finish this or to rewrite the ending so that I have it propelling the reader to read the next one. So the next one is about Tessa and her sister Melly, who had been kidnapped and Luke who came back from a cult, escaped the cult and how they're all intertwined. So the ending now, fear me, fear me not. I was telling the chemical engineer last night and then I actually left me a voicemail because I'm like, I can't forget the way I want to change it. And so I'm going to basically have in the epilogue, Erin, the main character, kind of looking out and thinking about a lot of things and then noticing the mother of Melly and Tessa putting up missing posters again. And Erin asking herself, and I don't want to give any spoilers, but they're still waiting to figure out what happened or maybe what if that person lied and, and Millie is really gone or what if. So it's going to be like a lot of what if questions in her mind. And then I'm going to have the point of view of the one who opens Simi Simi Not. I'm going to have that point of view finishing it up like it's going to be like oh what if everybody stopped looking for me or what if people are still looking for me that I haven't entirely decided but basically it's going to be something where then I can tell reader actually you can find out in see me see me not and I need to do the same thing in see me see me not for trust me trust me not which is easier because those two books are actually way more related in a way in terms of I mean fear me fear me not and see me see me not they have a plot line that continues from one to the other, but 
the trust me, trust the see me, see me not and trust me, trust me not. Um, it's more organic even. And I'm going to change the cover of um, see me, see me not like the entire Gavard CD. I'm redesigning that cover. So that's another thing I'm doing to help my royalties. So I'm doing those things. Today, I'm going to be rewriting the ending. It should not take me that long. And then I am going to finalize the cover of Firmi Firmi Not, the redesign. And then I'm going to re-upload it. And then I'm going to do the same thing with Simi Simi Not tomorrow and re-upload it. And then the same thing with Trust Me, Trust Me Not and re-upload it. And then once that's all done, then I'm going to start promoting those books a little bit more. I'm going to do newsletter swaps. I'm going to do... um book funnel promos um i try to book one one promo because it's spooky season and my gathered city is romantic suspense novels and so that's the perfect moment to actually promote those books i'm also going to put them together and as a bundle and put miss me miss me not up for pre-order for sometimes late next year um, my plans are to finish those books earlier like for um Sweets for Love, for example, I put it up for pre-order. It's currently up for pre-order for only 99 cents. And it's currently up for pre-order for September. But I am planning on being done with that earlier. I am, as I said, I'm currently plotting. I also have their character arc. I already have like their opening image. I already have their setup. I'm going to start working on the theme stated and catalyst. I'm also adapting Save the Cat because... I need them to meet before the 10%, like the catalyst. It, I'm adapting it a little bit because mine is dual point of view and all that stuff. So that's that matters in the way I'm plotting it. But yeah, this is these are things that I can do. Like I have also in the pipeline the One Dream Only in English Portuguese that's going to be published. And for that, I want to put all my bilingual book with... Something not like Duolingo, of course, but something um, that's reminiscent of languages in terms of branding. Then I can do the branding for all my book with that particular maybe logo. And so that's things that will take me time and I'm not going to do everything at once. But if I organize myself through the calendar that I'm having now, through the goals that I'm setting myself, I think it will be easier for me to achieve more of what I want to achieve without burning out, without feeling like, oh, but I haven't done that yet, or I still need to do that. It's okay. If I have a plan for all of those things, I just need to do it one day at a time. And that 1,000 words at a time, it's a novella I'm writing. So I'll be able to have something tangible done pretty quickly and then I'm going to start working on the novella too for, actually, it's going to be more of like a shorter story of Ryan and Sorka, the Halloween party when they're in high school, because this is something that my newsletter readers have asked and that I can use as a reader magnet for my newsletter. So I have, so I have a lot of things that I can do and a lot of things that I'm doing. And so one word at a time, one step at a time, one block of calendar one calendar block at a time I am one one to-do list at a time and 
having those different stories that I have going on. I have, you know, the, the sweets for love. I have that pen name thing that I'm working on. I have the miss me, miss me not that I'm planning to plot as I'm drafting. Like I have things that I'm doing in parallel, but I'm not going to dedicate myself to one project per day. Because if I do that, then it might take me at the end actually much longer to do everything, if that makes sense. At least for me, because that's the way that I'm, that I'm working. That's the way that it's, I need to see things happening to feel like I'm, I'm accomplishing things one after the other. And yes, I could write maybe like if I set my mind to it and if I just, maybe I could write one book every two, three months, write it, not have it ready for publication, but have it ready. And maybe that will happen with Sweets Fall Off, but it will happen at the same time as I have a novella that might be ready to go under a pen name. Then I have a short story that I'm ready to send my newsletter subscribers. I need smaller goals throughout my bigger goals. And they don't have to be related because that makes, that propels me forward for like my other book. Like right now when I'm drafting, I'm excited about what I'm drafting. I think about it when I'm walking the dog. And then when I'm taking care of the dishes, I'm thinking about, oh yeah, and for the plot of Sweets for Love, what if that was happening? What if that was happening? Because they're different. The voices are different. The stories are different. It's not at all the same format. Writing a novel is not exactly the same as writing a novella. Like I have way more world building in my novel. I have way many more secondary characters. I have, I dig deeper into the emotional level of everything and it's a rom-com. So I'm like, I'm thinking about what's going to be funny, but I'm also honing those funny sentences, one-liner type of things in the novella that I'm writing. It's like a, an exercise, almost like a writing exercise that I'm doing. And I find that super helpful. I've actually been recording, you know, I was telling you about the calendar. I had put myself like a half an hour block for recording and it's been now 40 minutes. I am not, it's not the type of things where I'm like, oh my God, I'm now 10 minutes late for something else. No, it's everything is flexible. I leave myself some room in between. I said it's about being less stressed. So I am finding ways to be less stressed and enjoying the process more as I go, while also finding ways to make more of a living out of my writing and having a career out of it. So this is all what I'm working on. And I'm doing it in such a way so that, you know, I can maybe find a bit more balance between everything. I'll let you know how it works. And thank you again so much for listening. If you would like to help this podcast, there are several ways for you to do it. You can share it with a friend. You can rate and review it, especially on Apple Podcasts. That really, really, really helps. You can, there's a link where you can support this podcast monthly. So you can sign up and like support it for even less than a dollar, less than a dollar a month. You can sign up and on Anchor, or you can buy me a coffee. I have a coffee link on um, my blog, and I will also add it to this podcast description. So don't hesitate to either support me monthly, or you can send me a coffee, or you can rate and review, or you can buy one of my books and review it. The Left of a Bride is available now. 
My Gavard CD series is also available and Sweets for Love is available for pre-order. Thank you again so much for listening. And if you're a writer, happy writing. And to everybody, happy, happy reading.